like us to read this evening, Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 30. Acts 24, Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 30. It says, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said. So when they heard that they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, your God, who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and, why, and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the, against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their hearts, their th look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. As I look and as I read that we're talking about powerful prayer. And I look at what happens here at, at the beginning, at the start of the church, when the church is just being formed. They get together and we have a church that prays for boldness. I think it is so, so important that we have that you have a church that is involved in and participating in prayer. We, we've looked in. And through the last few weeks, we've talked about prayer, 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 prayer. We talked about Moses as a leader interceding for his people. We talked about Elijah facing the enemy and, and praying against the prophets of Baal. We talked about Hannah and her personal prayer for a child. We talked about Hannah's praise. We talked about Hezekiah's prayer of deliverance for his nation. His prayer for healing. Nehemiah's prayer for his land and his people. And then last week we talked about Daniel and his prayer meeting with his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we get to this week and what I'd like to ask us to do and what I'd like us to look together is and say is that we need a church to be committed to prayer. We talked about prayer this morning and I was my focus in praying this morning was about having personal prayer and that personal prayer time. But also, we need to have a church that is involved in prayer. And, and here we see they get together and they pray that they can be bold. What are they facing when they say they want to pray for boldness? It won't be very long before people in the church of Jerusalem, people in the church all across the world, are going to be persecuted for being a Christian. And what do they pray for? They pray that they'll be bold, that they'll be able to speak up and say something. Um, we may be teased for being a Christian. We may 
have people say things against us for being a, a Christian, but we, we're not facing persecution like they were in Act, like like they were getting ready to in Acts chapter four. Right around the corner, the persecution is coming, and I'm not saying that that won't happen someday. I think that if the church continues to desire to be holy and to act on the word of God, and the world and the nation of America goes and and leaves its roots and its origins, it won't be long before the church is persecuted. And I often think about that. I can remember sitting in this pew and thinking that. Sitting in pastor's meetings and thinking that. Sitting in a group where I looked around and I thought, man, I'm the youngest person in this room. And we're talking about persecution. And they they seem as if it's so distant. And I thought to myself, today if I choose Jesus Christ, And if I decide to follow him before my time on earth is done and before my walk with him is is done, I may have to face persecution. I better be ready. I better be prepared for that. And that's something I, I better consider. And I have. And I hope you have too. And I hope that as a church, when we face battles, when we face struggles, that we pray together. We pray for boldness. We pray for our requests. That, that and we saw in Acts chapter 4, even. In verse 30, it says, By stretching out your hand to heal. We've got a God that heals. He heals physically. He heals emotionally. He heals spiritually. And he does these great things. Um, I hope that when someone in our church is in need of physical healing, we get together and we pray for them. I hope that when someone in our church is emotionally discouraged. We wrap our arms around them as a church and pray for them. It's not, yes, it is important that the pastor comes over and prays for you. Yes, it is important that your deacon gets and prays for you. But the point today is the church as a whole, as a corporate unit, is praying. And I hope that that's something that from the top down and from the people who've been in this church for a long time, that's who I learned how to pray with and from, will pray. And when someone in our church is in need of prayer, that we as a group, a body, will pray for them. That we will, we will pray and we'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak the truth with boldness. I would hope that if someone came in to this church and, and tried to discredit the name of Jesus Christ, that we would be unified 
and pray for that person and, and tell them the truth and stand united. And how we're going to begin to be united is to unite together in prayer. Prayer is so important. Um, when I when I think about the different ministries and services that we have, I, I enjoy my men's Sunday school class. I, I really like that group. I like the testimony time on um, Sunday night. I like the seasoned saints group that I can go around and bounce around to different tables and stuff. Uh, this week I sat with the ladies that sit near the uh, kitchen's table and I enjoyed that. Sometimes I sit over by the men's table or or uh, Elwood and Art's table. I get gotten a chance to sit with them a few times and and I enjoy getting to sit at each one of those tables and talking with those people. But you know what? My favorite services is at Wednesday night prayer meeting. And I, and there's a there's something that you know I'm just sharing from my heart right now. Um, I begged Pastor Baker once. And I remember having this conversation with him. I said, Pastor Baker, you know, I enjoy in the summertime when I get to come to prayer meeting. And I said to him, I said, I didn't get to do that very much because I was at camp so much. And I said, during the year, I'm involved with the youth group or Awana, and I don't get to prayer meeting. I said, I miss prayer meeting. I said, we got to find a way to have prayer meeting where I can come to. And, it, you know, that's, I ended up getting a chance to come to prayer meeting and I enjoyed that. It's one of those things, if there are one thing that I wish I could change right now, is I wish I could make an opportunity that one of our biggest attended services of the week was prayer meeting. And I wish that there was some way that we could have Awanas in the ministry but at the same time have prayer meeting. I'm not trying to change something. I'm, I'm just pouring out my heart. It, it seem, right now it seems like an impossible solution. Maybe we ought to pray about it. You know, that, that God will provide some sort of, sort of answer for it. Because I think it's important that us as a church that we pray together. That we be lifting up each other's needs in prayer. Um, I think that's really important. And I enjoy that Wednesday night Bible study. It's different than all the other ones. And, and I love the way people can, can speak up and everybody can put in their opinions. And I guess I'm just saying, I love prayer meeting. And the Wednesday night prayer meeting is one of my, my favorite times during the week. And I hope that you you know, have that desire to pray with your, pray with your church. Some people are, are natural prayer warriors. The rest of us are missing the blessing. And some of us, we need to find the blessings that come with prayer. So as a church, what should we be 
grouping together? What should we be coming together, joining together, and lifting up to the Lord in prayer? Let's turn over in our Bibles to Ephesians. I've got a couple of different verses in Ephesians and things that I would like us to look at and say, if we're going to be a church that gets together and we pray together and we lift our requests to the Lord together, we need to be doing it personally. We need to have that small prayer group that we have. We need to be praying with our families. We need to be praying for our lands. But we also need to be praying together as a church. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, it says, Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? I hope that um, we are praying for each other. Everybody should have somebody else in this church that's, that's praying for them. And if you if you don't know of anybody that's praying for you, don't be afraid to go up to somebody that, that you admire or that you look up to and say, hey, would you would you make sure that you are praying for me? Because I need people praying for me. We do. And I pray boldness for you if you're if you're scared to ask somebody to pray for you. Don't. What a privilege I'd have to think if for somebody else in this church for them to say, I'm praying for you. You know, you know who's not here and who I'm going to pick on a, a little bit tonight. I'll tell her later that I picked on her. Um, I, I'm very thankful for Barb Guernsey. Because twice this week I went to visit and pray for someone. And they mentioned to me as we were talking and as we were going over things, she said that they said twice this week, somebody said, I'm so thankful for Barb Guernsey being there for me and reaching out and praying for me. And I thought to myself, you know, the Bible talks about an older woman praying for and being an example to the next generation. And she does so much for the Lord. And she's dedicated what the rest of her life is to praying for and reaching out to people. And amazing, amazing that people will do, that someone would do that, would live like that. And we all need to be doing that. We need to be a church that is together and praying for each other. And maybe there's somebody that, that you don't see here on a Sunday night. But they, they're coming to church and maybe they're not here on Wednesday night, but they're coming to church on a Sunday. And they don't get they don't get um, someone saying, or, you know, look around the room and pray. 
Go out of your way to say, hey, I'm praying for you. God said as a church, we need to be unified in praying together for boldness, praying for each other. Pick somebody and and say, I'm praying for you. Let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened, with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I think it's very, 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 very important that we as Christians be bowing the knee before God to help with our spiritual growth. I, I think about as, you know, how ought we to pray? You know, when you were kids, we bowed our heads and closed our eyes. And, and if we were peeking, I'm sure uh, many of you guys that I know, were the guys that were, you know, you might have had your head bowed and your eyes closed, but you were like looking around the room and Sunday school teacher came and whapped you upside the back of the head. I'm sure that was many of you guys, but you're adults now. And how should you pray before God? You know, the Bible talks a lot about how we ought to pray before God. You know, it talks about lifting up holy hands. It talks about laying prostrate. It talks here about bowing the knee. So whether you bow your head and hold your hands, whether you lay prostrate on the floor, whether you bow the knee, you lift up. The important part is the prayer. Now the position can mean a lot too. Are there times where maybe you bow the knee before God and I know some of you guys are thinking, Pastor Scott, you don't want to see me bow the knee. I'm not getting back up. And I I understand that. But you know what I I think? You know what I think about when I hear that? Okay, maybe physically that's not possible. But then I think about another concept that we have in the scripture. And that's the concept of uh, circumcision. And when I read through the Bible, I read about this physical manifestation about a relationship with God. And I understand what that means, the, the physical aspect of that. But I read so many t- so often, not so often, but a, few, a number of times in the Bible. It's not like it's only in the Bible once. I read in Deuteronomy, in Colossians, about the circumcision of the heart. And how important that is. And I relate that to this. Maybe you can't 
bow, get physically down and bow your knee before God. If you can, I think that there are times that you ought to be doing that. But if you can't, can't you bow your heart before God, the King of Kings, and say, I'm bowing my heart before you. I'm submitting myself to your will. And here it's important that we we bow the knee in prayer, bow the heart in prayer to help with the spiritual growth of the church. What are some things that we ought to be getting together as a church praying for? Praying for the new believer. Praying for people that would be saved. There are people that come into church, into this church, most every Sunday who've never been here before. Have you noticed that? Do you ever grab onto some one of those people and you know wonder what are they here for? And say, that person, I want them to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We need to be praying for new believers. For there to be new believers, and then once they become a new believer, that they will grow spiritually. Amen. They will grow spiritually. That's hard work. And it takes the work of a whole church. And we need to all be working together for that. We also, what I read there in Ephesians chapter 3, and I hope you read it too, is we need to be, be, to be praying for the wayward child. That's another concept that we talk about often. And we really need to commit to prayer. Not just that people will get saved and that those new believers will grow in Christ. But we also need to pray for those people who who we know have maybe accepted Christ. They've heard the message. They claim to have trusted in Christ. But now they're walking away from the Lord. There's so many of them. It's a concept that, that we talk about so often. That we shed tears about. Because of this person who's heard the message. Who's claimed to know Christ. Who are doing good have ran away from the Lord. We need to pray. And like the backslidden believers that the prophets would talk about, would come back to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I believe that that's something that the church needs to come together and bow the knee together to pray about. You know, we need to, as even as we look around the room, as we think about this in our hearts, there are so many people. The, the, if we were to take everyone just in this room and make a list of the people that we said, we said, this person claimed to love the Lord, they claimed to know God, but they've gone away. If we were to make a list just from the people in this room, it would take pages, wouldn't it? We need to be praying. That God will do a miracle. Whatever it takes to bring them back. We also need to be praying not only for new believers and for the growth of those new believers, for the wayward child, the person who has run from the Lord, but we also need to be praying for our church brothers and sisters. Uh, like, like in Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, it says it's important. You know, and often 
We pray for people's physical needs. We pray for people to get saved. We pray for those who have who have run from the Lord. But guys, I want to tell you something. When this life is over and it's finished and it's done, you want to know who are going to be my friends for all of eternity? You guys. And I'm okay with that. And we're going to be stuck with, you know, use Wayne's word, stuck with each other for all of eternity. And Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the amazing part. And that's what's going to make it all work. And those who have gone before and from believers, from all, you know, the billions of believers. But I, I look forward to that. And that those relationships, they need to begin today. And we need to be cultivating them and growing them and and working together. And that's very, very important that we be praying and going out of our way and reaching reaching out to church brothers and sisters. And one thing that, that I know is that as we read about this and as we say, these are things that we need to be praying for and praying for each other. It's too big of a job. For one, you know, for a church body, for one person to do alone. It's too big of a job for 10 people to be doing it alone. We need the whole church to be doing it. Because there's a lot of people that need prayers. There's a lot of people that need phone calls and and stuff. and, And do that. Be actively involved in doing that. This week, you know, I, this is my challenge for you. This week, everybody in here, pick up the phone, call someone, and say I'm praying for you. But pray for them first. Like, like you know, make sure that you're, don't just tell them you're praying for them. Actually pray for them. And pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm praying for you. That, that would make a big difference. In our church, if we all if we all were doing that, and so I've I've given you a little challenge: pick up some the phone and call someone out of the blue and say I'm praying for you. And I kind of wanna I want to start next week. That that was the end of what I wanted to talk about this week. But I, next week I know, or it won't be next week. But I'd like us to look at Luke chapter eleven too. Luke chapter eleven. And the next time we get together, we're going to break this passage of Scripture down. Luke chapter 11. And Luke chapter 11 is a big one. In Luke chapter 11, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us 
and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a man asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone, or if he asks of a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish, or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And he was cat and he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom Divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. As I read that passage of scripture, Jesus focuses on prayer. And then the devil attack. And then there's this, there's this demon possessed man. And he casts him out. And Jesus has this conversation about not being a divided house. If the devil is going to creep into this church and divide it apart and, and Get us to go away from the truth. You know, it's because we're not unified in praying to the Father through Jesus, through the name of Jesus Christ. It's because we're not focused on the book and, Jesus, and the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The devil has no power when Jesus Christ is opposed to him. And if we're praying, if we're united in prayer, we're a church united praying to Jesus Christ. The devil can't win. we got to be united in praying for each other. Let's pray. Dear only Father, Lord, I pray tonight that you might help us to be a church that's united in prayer, that we pray for boldness.
that we pray for each other, that we pray for spiritual growth. And Lord, I, I just thank you and I praise you for people who have gotten together and have prayed for the needs of this church, for the needs of others. And I just pray that you might help us to be unified. Unified because you're our Savior. Unified because we're all taking this journey together and our destination is heaven. I pray, Lord, that you might just guide us along the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.